we're kind of we're still figuring it out the the label and I but um really like uh there's a lot of hip hop influence a lot of pop influence but um I I'm just excited to write music that comes from an authentic place and mm. um so I think that sometimes sometimes that is like what is the most fun joyful song we can make mm-hmm. sometimes it's like uh how do we how do we write about this uh, difficult subject matter in a way that offers hope or yeah. talks about the joy on the that we have in spite of painful circumstances. So, yeah. You're listening to For the Record, conversations about music, mixing, and the creative industry. Today's guest is Peabod. Peabod is a Seattle-based artist who makes uplifting hip-hop and pop-inspired music. Hello. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for the unexpected um, extra episode of For the Record. It was, yeah. This is fun. Yeah, I'm honored to be a part of it. Thanks yeah. for having me. It's been planned for all of 24 hours. I know. Maybe not even 24 hours. Probably not even. Yeah. That was like 6 o'clock at night. Right. I don't, yeah, honestly, it was. Well, thank you so much for, for taking some time and just joining us and of course. talking about yourself. I love talking about myself. Oh, so. you <laughs> seem like the kind of guy, yeah. I was like, they want to talk about me? I'm in. Right. So without further ado, let's talk about you. Awesome. So... <laughs> so strong start right right this is great so as ben said um tell us about kind of what your what your stick is what stuff you like to do and what defines you yeah um you know i feel like to really answer that question i gotta go back a ways not like way back this Uh won't be like a 20 minute answer but um i mean i i grew up taking piano lessons and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. started writing songs when i was 15 Mm -hmm. um but originally, those songs, well, first of all, they weren't good because no one writes good songs on the first try. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, kind of started finding Elaine as more like a singer-songwriter um, doing some folk stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I'm a guitar player, and um, so I, I wrote folk kind of singer-songwriter songs for a long time. Yeah. Um, and after I graduated from college, I lived in a house with four other guys Mm -hmm. and um, there was one guy there named Fletcher Mm -hmm. and we were just like, let's, let's get Fletcher married. Let's write a song about him. And so (laughs) I wrote this song called Summer Fletcher. I have heard it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Kind of a strange. It makes sense with context. Yeah. I mean, it didn't Mm -hmm. not make sense. Like I was like, it's a song about a bro, you know, got to respect it. Totally. But yeah, no, it, (laughs) I, I kind of was like when we put it on the album, I was like, this isn't gonna make sense to anyone and I don't really care because <laughs> it was the first one. So yeah. so we released that song and I'm not saying like it was all my doing, mm-hmm. but he did meet his wife the summer we released it. So Shut up. You no, know, that's beautiful. I'm just saying. Um, anyways, uh, dropped that song. It got a way better response than a lot of my folk stuff. So I was a little hurt at first, but then I was like, I had so much fun making this. It was so freeing mm-hmm. to make something in, in this, genre Mm -hmm. because i feel like with folk stuff it's like you kind of got to be serious like there are certain things like Mm -hmm. i have a song about coca-cola i can't write a song about coca-cola that it would be stupid as a folk song (laughs) so um (laughs) but if you lean into it exactly it's a vibe yeah yeah um so really i kind of just started this process of like what does it look like to just have fun with music and like Mm -hmm. 
like have joy kind of be the focus, which of course ties in with, um, you know, my faith as a believer, like joy is a really central component to that. So anyways, fast forward to where I am now. Um, I've, we're kind of, we're still figuring it out, the, the label and I, but, um, really like, uh, there's a lot of hip hop influence, a lot of pop influence, but, um, I, I'm just excited to write music that comes from an authentic place. And, Mm. um, so I think that sometimes, sometimes that is like, what is the most fun, joyful song we can make? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like, uh, how do we, how do we write about this, uh, difficult subject matter in a way Mm -hmm. that offers hope or talks about the joy on the, that we have in spite of Mm -hmm. painful circumstances. So, um, so I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's kind of, that's kind of the goal is like, I want to, I want to make music that brings joy to people. And sometimes Mm -hmm. the way to do that is by talking about the things that aren't like inherently joyful in and of themselves. So that's cool. Well, and it, being that you have that that kind of folk influence at the beginning, even if you're not necessarily doing that in the music right now, there's sure. there's probably some elements to it. But mm-hmm. even looking forward, that that gives you an opportunity as you want to like step into, like you said, to celebrate joy. Sometimes you have to go to the places that aren't joyful yeah. and kind of go mm-hmm. through that process. Yep. And like you can probably you can tap into the places that you've been even musically, right? And start to to kind of meld or combine genres and, and do something that is more true to who you are mm-hmm. and who you've been that complements this, this journey and create something truly unique. So that's, yeah. really, that's really exciting. Yeah. Thanks, man. I think like my, I, I've done a lot of kind of more hip hop focused tracks recently. Um, which the one actually that's coming out in a week is like very hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which when this podcast is, is out, it will have been out for a while, but, well, um, I haven't heard it yet. Well, well, buckle up. <laughs> um, so e- even though we've done a lot of hip hop stuff, I'm really excited to start thinking about like, um, how do we, how do we have stuff that's like hip hop influence, but like I bring out a guitar on stage for a couple songs or, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe we play some songs with like no tracks and it's, it's only live instruments. Like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is very exciting to me. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's expensive cause you have to hire people for that kind of stuff, but right. that's the dream someday mm-hmm. to be able to do that. I think you can get away with that for sure. Yeah. Thanks. It's just a matter of time. Like you just got to kind of ride the wave, Mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Totally. That's cool. So your first album that you released Mm -hmm. was called Healthy Snacks, right? Was, yes. Love that. Love that. So was, did you do all the production on it? What did that look like? Yeah. um, And was that pre-label was, or was that like? It was pre-label. Um, well, kind of both. So um, that was basically the project where I was, after I'd written Summer of Fletcher, I was like, I just want to have fun making music. And mm-hmm. so um, 11 of those 12 songs I released independently, mm-hmm. um, just like on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And um, through some some mutual connections, Centricity ended up getting a hold of it. And uh, like a month after it, after I had released it, I got a call from John Mays and he was like, Hey, I want to fly out to Nashville and we want to talk about maybe signing you. And so Dang. that kind of began like a several months process. That moment, mm-hmm. like, well, how, how was that moment? Like oh, kind of zoom in on yeah. that scene. Well, yeah. Talk about that. That was, it was amazing. Cause, uh, you know, like we were talking before we started rolling here and like, I've dreamed about doing music for a career since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, like I, I can remember being in middle school and picking up a bass guitar and being like, this is a rock instrument. I want to be in a band. Like I want that to be my job. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so 
it, it looks different now than I thought it might when, you know, my chemical romance was topping the charts. Right. <laughs> um, but like, I've, I've always wanted to do music. So getting that call, mm-hmm. like, Hey, like I'm with a label and we really like what you're doing and we want to talk about working together yeah. was mind blowing. Like I can still remember, I was like, um, there's a little <laughs> like overly priced grocery store close to where I live. And mm-hmm. I like was sitting in the parking lot on my lunch break, talking to John and just like grinning ear to ear, like so excited. So, um, and then a few weeks later I was in Nashville, like meeting with them and, uh, yeah. feeling it out. And it took us a, a few months as, as deals do, but, um, yeah, we got it together and signed a deal. And then basically we re-released the album okay. th- through Centricity with new mixes, mm-hmm. which elevated everything a ton. Mm-hmm. And then I added Steady on there um, as kind of like mm-hmm. a last minute addition because okay. I'd written that since releasing it. So, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. How was the, the reception of that album? How did that go? Yeah, I mean, you know, it went well, mm-hmm. but I will say like, in a lot of ways, I'm I'm kind of an experiment. Like even mm-hmm. for myself, we're going like we we are uh, we're very much building a brand, and so mm-hmm. I don't think there was a clear expectation where no one was going like this has to be the top album in the country. It was like right. this is the first thing that we're releasing, so um, we're gonna push it and like find our fans from there. Mm-hmm. So it's been really cool because um, you know the reception has been really positive, but. Um, the like the songs people have gravitated to have surprised me sometimes so mm. like steady was like a last minute edition mm-hmm. and that's my top streamed song uh, hmm. across like all platforms wow um which is really awesome uh and you know it's fun to have a song about your wife that is people actually like uh mm-hmm. so uh yeah it's it's been fun to watch like what people respond to and um and to kind of develop like what I want to say uh, out of that, but also just out of where my life is going. And so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So as you moved on and you released Growing Up Part One, Mm -hmm. when did that come out, actually? Uh, Last November. Okay. Yeah, in 2020. Um, What was kind of the the plan and the idea behind that yeah um because stylistically it's 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 similar but mm -hmm. we were kind of talking too it feels like it's moving somewhere yeah um a cool place yeah no thanks i um do you know are you familiar with the strength finders um it's like a it's not like a personality thing it's kind of more business focus it's maybe 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 um basically there's like this list of like 40 or 50 different strengths that you can exhibit okay. and you take a test and you get your top five where you're like, these are, these are the things that I really excel in. Mm-hmm. So mine are pretty people oriented, but one of them is positivity. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, I felt like that meant like cheering people up and, and stuff like that. And that being the only form of positivity is like being the happy go lucky guy. Yeah. Um, as I've grown, I have realized it's like sometimes positivity, like we were saying earlier, means talking about the things that are not positive mm-hmm. so that you can actually address them and mm. heal from them and, and move yeah. on. So um, not to like get all deep, but uh, oh, a, a big part of my story. Um, so it, it's kind of twofold. Um, the inspiration for that album sort of started with this collective idea that everyone shares uh, as you grow up where, where you kind of become disenchanted with the world when you realize that your perception of uh, 
how maybe the world should work mm-hmm. is at odds with reality because mm-hmm. you don't get the job you want, you have a hardship, there's tragedy like left and right, whatever that thing is, yeah. um, there's plenty of ingredients to make someone um, disappointed or, or frustrated with the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I have like some church hurt in my history. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so a big part of my inspiration for writing this album is like, I wanna work through this like bitterness that I feel um, because I know it's affecting my faith and I know that other people relate to that too. And yeah. so um, in digging into that process, um, God was really kind to meet me there uh, through writing the songs and through friends and, and um, sermons and all sorts of things. But also, uh, I, through that realized like, oh, wow, I really have a, like a, uh, an issue with anxiety too. And I couldn't really get to that until I started working on the bitterness stuff. So really like to be very candid, Mm -hmm. the last two years of my life have been a a lot of soul searching and a lot of like working on myself and working through my story, um, and counseling and, um, and stuff like that. And it's been super hard and really fruitful at the same time. Um, but that is where, that's kind of where growing, the idea for growing up came from is like, how do we hold intention this like really good desire to um, take a childlike approach to things and to go back to the things that made us joyful, like to, to live in nostalgia in these songs. Like those are, that is, a really good thing. Yeah. And also how do we, how do we hold that intention with the fact that there are some like adult problems that have come up that we have to deal with. And so, um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of originally it was going to be more of like kind of a story. So if you follow in the first EP, um, it kind of starts with like a, like out of body kind of like thinking about the process of growing up. And mm-hmm. then it goes into this song, love everybody. That's very like optimistic, maybe even to a naive mm-hmm. sense. And then you have big feelings, which is kind of like where something breaks. Right. And it it kind of feels like a snap. Yes, mm-hmm. totally. And then heavenly father, which is kind of like in the pit of God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and prodigal being there you are. Mm-hmm. So, um, Part two that I'm working on right now will have will have some of that story element too, but mm-hmm. um, but some of it'll be a little more anecdotal, um, mm-hmm. just like specific things I've learned or thought about as I've gone through this process. So that's kind of a long answer, but no, that's, um, that's beautiful. Yeah, thanks. And I mean, the the beauty and the bummer about the creative process is it thrives under like hardship. Yes. You know? Absolutely. Like, and I think it's actually a really beautiful way that, that the Lord can redeem mm-hmm. like struggles mm-hmm. is, is, Hey, I'm going to take you through this. Like I'm not putting you through this per se, but you're going through this. I'm going to pull you through it. You're going to see the other side. Yep. And as a blessing through that, you're going to have a story that you can share with other people yep. mm-hmm. and Absolutely. Um, it'll enrich who you are mm-hmm. and you'll be able to use that to, to enrich the lives of other yes. people as well. Yes. 100%. Yeah, like he uses all of it. It's mm-hmm. it's really crazy. Um, and that is one thing that was cool to see in a shift from um, healthy snacks to growing up is like, I, I still, I had people responding to healthy snacks saying like, this was really impactful for me, like really encouraged me and cheered me up. And that was all awesome. But, mm-hmm. um, but the amount of messages that I got, like this is a part of my story and I relate to this, um, 
was significantly higher. Yeah. Um, not that it's about like volume, but it was just cool to go, okay, like I felt like I was supposed to write these songs mm-hmm. and uh, the Lord is using them in other people's lives. So, yeah. um, so that was, that was like kind of an unexpected mm-hmm. um, encouragement for me to mm-hmm. see that it's like, I wrote these songs for myself. So the fact that God can use them in other people's lives is like, well, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> and it's pretty cool that, um, I don't know when you're, when you're open to that, that he'll, mm-hmm. he'll use them in that way. That's so, really special. Yeah. And it's honestly, it's cool timing too, considering like three years ago you started like actually like you jumped in with centricity music and yep. you're doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then like a year in you're, you're going through this hardship. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like a really cool way for the Lord to like set the stage for something. Right. Totally. Like here's, here's the, like looking at your first album in context with what you're doing now too. Mm-hmm. It even feels like it's part of the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Like I saw, whenever I saw the first advertisements and stuff for growing up, I was like, Oh, that's cool. Mm. Like, and that even feels like, like right on target with everything. So that it's just cool seeing that and thinking like looking at where you've been and where you're at now, like what the future holds. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really exciting. Thanks man. That means a lot. I appreciate that. So your songwriting process, do you, are you pretty much the sole writer on most everything you do? Uh, that's how it started. Um, I think, uh, you know, every, every creative has to learn collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, like when I started as a musician, like in middle school, there's nothing more that I wanted than to be in a band and mm-hmm. like to have my guys. Yeah. Um, for some reason, like the, where I, where I grew up, mm-hmm. no one wanted to be in a band, everyone. Yeah. And maybe it's just Seattle, you know, I was the same way. Yeah. Like there ain't nobody wanted to do that with me. Yeah. It, I don't know what the deal is. Like, we, should, like, we should have been friends. Yeah, exactly. We would have had a band. We would have made a dope band, man. It would have been some ska, like... <laughs> some ska influenced. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I think... So, honestly, I started writing my own stuff just kind of out of like, well, I really want to do this. And if mm-hmm. no one's around... Like, for, for the longest time, I didn't even think of myself as like a singer. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I just want to play guitar and play... Or I started with bass. Um, I was yeah. like, I just want to play in a band Mm -hmm. so I started writing songs out of necessity and then really fell in love with that Mm. process and with singing and all of that so um and eventually rapping and stuff like that so um so then for the longest time it was like well I I just do this on my own because no one's wanting to collaborate so Mm -hmm. so I can learn things I can learn production and yeah do it on my own and so I worked really hard on that and um and uh it was like, you know, it's my safe, like happy place, like mm-hmm. to get to do those things. So when I got signed, Centricity did a really beautiful job of kind of like gently nudging me, like now it's time to collaborate with other people who are really talented at this, who are excited about what you're doing because mm-hmm. it's gonna help you grow. And so um, <laughs> it started like, <laughs> I was pretty tight fisted and I was like, <laughs> no, like I know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, but uh, Matt Ewald, who's my, my A&R guy here uh, has like, he has done a fantastic job earning my trust mm-hmm. and he's super patient with me even when I was uh, <laughs> not super excited about the idea of like bringing in more input mm-hmm. um, because I, I didn't have experience with it. And mm-hmm. so- Well, that's vulnerable. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But it's cool now because um, I think once I had like my core group of people where I was like, these are the people that get to hear new songs before they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and no one else. Like yeah. I trust these people's voices and that's all I need to open to scrutiny before the song is, is done. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, if there's someone I'm collaborating with, my team at Centricity and with management and stuff, and then some trusted friends in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and that's been, that has been super helpful for me. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that group has feedback I would never think of. So yeah. that's been really helpful. Um, and then with this new uh, project that I'm working on, um, there's been a lot more collaboration and uh, still some songs that I produced on my own that will probably make the record, but mm -hmm. um, like the one that, um, that will be out when this podcast release. It's called My Favorite Part. And I started it and then we sent it to my buddy, Sajin Narial, um, who is now in Nashville actually, but he ended up co-producing on it and okay. like totally brought it to a new level. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun because we had written together a few times and hadn't really quite landed anything. And mm -hmm. so getting to go, hey, I have this idea. I feel like I've taken it as far as I can. And mm -hmm. for him to like, take it the last 10 percent yeah. probably more than that honestly he he added a ton um it was it was just cool and very fulfilling for me mm -hmm. and didn't feel like oh it it lessens my like you had contribution to, like you had to forsake something or yes, a part of yourself totally totally because i could recognize I, I felt like i had grown enough to recognize like oh no this is way better with mm -hmm. what he brought to the table yeah um and i think that <laughs> i had to i had to learn how to how to do that so yeah anyways so my process is changing all the time mm -hmm. which is really exciting yeah. um and and i still you know i still love the days where i get to spend you know 12 hours in in the studio and make something on my own like that's still fun but yeah. um but i like inviting other voices in now so mm -hmm. yeah that's cool yeah so so then the transition that you had like musically from like folk music to like mm -hmm. stepping to something, you know, you did like the Summer Fletcher mm -hmm. song and like, and that kind of was your template for building sounds that you use now. Yeah. So what, what are some of your artist influences slash like heroes that you're like, yeah. man, I, I've listened to literally everything they've ever done. They will yeah. always be my, my favorite. I, I can remember the first time I heard a Switchfoot song, um, I was like, eight years old and in my mom's like Ford Windstar, it was beige. Um, <laughs> and she like, she was like, check out this song. And uh, it was gone from Beautiful Let Down. And I was like, mm -hmm. what is this? Like it blew my tiny mind. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. And so ever since then I have been obsessed with Switchfoot. And so even though I'm not making that kind of music, mm -hmm. I like John Foreman is one of my heroes and mm -hmm. always will be. Um, so I've, followed them for their whole career um now i feel like i'm uh i don't know I'm, i never want to be one of those guys around it's like i listen to everything because it's like well i'm not listening to tibetan bowl music you know like <laughs> right <laughs> you know uh but and, and even like like i like some country stuff but it's not like i'm avidly listening like i have mm -hmm. my favorites so yeah um but i do think that my uh, palette of influences is a lot more diverse than it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, Chance the Rapper was like an awakening for me. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I heard someone kind of do like the the happy hip hop thing when Coloring Book came out. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to a lot of King's Kaleidoscope being from Seattle. Mm -hmm. um, they're incredible and really are pushing lots of genres. Right. Um, I love Colony House. I love John Bellion. Mm -hmm. um, anything Andy Minio does especially lately same incredible yep. yeah um Coldplay of course most people love Coldplay I don't mm -hmm. understand people who don't like <laughs> like I understand not like 
loving them like they don't mm-hmm. have to be your favorite band but there right. are some people who like really hate on them and i'm like there's they seem so nice and <laughs> seems so nice <laughs> and their music is, is like nice to listen to i think so right. anyways um yeah man i just i like uh I, I, sometimes i really like to just kind of go like way out of my comfort zone and go like i would never listen to this record but i'm just going to today mm-hmm. um and so sometimes that has ended up being really fruitful mm-hmm. sometimes i do hate it but yep. Yep. um but i think it's fun to pull from different places because i think it makes your music more unique mm-hmm. like if you're if you're making country and you're only listening to country it's like well you're going to sound like all the artists that you're competing with right but if you listen to uh big sean or mm-hmm. you listen to whoever like th- that can influence your music in cool ways mm-hmm. even if you're not doing right what they're doing like you know you try to make country music with like colony house as your influence right you're gonna get something different exactly 100 mm-hmm. percent yeah yep. Yeah. That's really cool. So some rapid fire, low key questions. Let's do it. What's your favorite, top three favorite movies? Oh my gosh. That's always supposed to be low key, but I take it very seriously and I still don't, <laughs> I never know how to answer it. Yeah. Um, I'll just go with the first ones that come to mind. So um, <laughs> this is not like anyone who's like knows cinema will not like this answer but like i love nacho libre so much (laughs) i can quote the whole thing front to back um i love that movie uh randomly the secret life of walter mitty it's it's like a pleasing movie it's just so uplifting it's kind of one of those ones where it's like if i like need to get inspired like i could even just listen to the soundtrack from that movie and be it feels like a middle of the ground movie until you like stepping closer at it, you're like what is it i like about that movie? yep 100 yeah. percent. Yep, yep. um because no one's gonna go like this is like this should have won an oscar like right. i'm not making that argument but i just really enjoyed it yeah um and then honestly like i'm a big series guy so mm-hmm. oh this is a tough one but this isn't one movie but i'd probably slot the lord of the rings at number well I don't, I'm not even gonna rank them. Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings was like huge for me when I was a kid mm-hmm. and I still love it and I think it holds up really well. Yeah. Um, but some bonuses, love all the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. I love all the Marvel movies. I'm a mm-hmm. huge Marvel nerd. Yep. I love Star Wars. So anyways, I'm kind of just like, I'm not like super picky. I'm like, right. <laughs> if it's in those worlds, I'm like, yes, I'm in. Right. I right, will right, watch right. it. So yep. anyways. Favorite food? Um, ooh. Probably Mexican food overall, okay. um, but I also really love Thai food. So, okay. yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Favorite uh, color? Blue. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just blue. I w- I'm <laughs> the same. It was funny. I, like, for a while, I was in denial about the fact that my, that my favorite color was blue, but then I realized literally any time I was wearing anything ever, blue was involved yep. <laughs> it's a good one man yeah you know just straight out straight sounds down. like a real identity crisis is yeah. blue my favorite color right <laughs> right yeah truly <laughs> favorite style of hat oh you know it's changed over the years but i really like my trekkers these days mm. um but i used to be i used to only have flat brims when mm-hmm. that was like when it was like not cool to wear dad hats but mm-hmm. i have a ton of dad hats it's too coming back. but i like that truckers are like i have a big head so <laughs> i like that truckers are like you know they're a little bit more like I can fit more of my head in it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyways, nice. Yeah. So, on more of a serious note, what have been some of the the fears or hardships or things that have just been really tough about making this step in music over mm-hmm. the last three years? I know you've talked about the struggle that you've kind of personally been walking through. Sure. Um, what have been some things? Either maybe it's that that 
that mixed with just this process of trying to make mm. it? Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the hardest things, like, so I'm married and um, I, my wife and I were, have been together for a while. So, um, and we were ga- engaged for like a year or something like that. So, um, so being away from her is always hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I think that I get more used to traveling, but I always wish she could come with, mm-hmm. but she's a teacher. And so she's like, I got, I got bigger fish to fry. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's, that's always hard. Um, I think that some things that I didn't expect that would be hard, um, I, especially in our day and age, um, there's no such thing as like making music that is for everyone anymore. Mm-hmm. People think that sometimes, but yeah. even even pop. So like Ed Sheeran's a great example. Mm-hmm. Probably like one of the easiest people to make an argument for. Like he he is like a globally loved musician, but that's mm-hmm. not true. He's yeah. got some major haters, and. He's he's the you know in the same boat as like with Coldplay. I'm like I don't know like what there is to like really hate about him. Like, (laughs) but but people do. Everyone Mm -hmm. has so many opinions, and you have access to infinite music these Mm -hmm. days. So, um, I think even though I I knew that going in because that's what I believed about music already, Mm -hmm. um, it was hard for me to get used to the idea that like I could I could work my hardest on a song, and it could fall flat for someone or actually like they might hate it, like have an actual, not like it could go deeper than indifference and they could be like, I hate this song. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't mean that what I made was bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it could mean that, (laughs) that's that's possible. (laughs) Um, But there's plenty of great art out there that is, has a lot of um, smart people who Mm -hmm. say it's wonderful Mm -hmm. and and it'll get criticized for whatever reason. Um, So, uh, I'm not saying I've gotten like a ton of hate. Like most of my fans are like so nice. And mm-hmm. like, I really think I have like the sweetest group of fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, every once in a while you, you uh, against your better judgment, look at the YouTube comments or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, wow, someone really didn't like that. And um, so I've gotten a lot better about that. That's part of the reason why I have my trusted circle because I have decided mm-hmm. these are the people's whose voices mean something to me and anything else good is a bonus Mm -hmm. and anything else bad is not, is not something that I need to take into account because Mm -hmm. I trust these people enough to tell me that if, if I wasn't putting in the effort or if Mm -hmm. something could have been stronger, they would have let me know. So, um, yeah, that's, that was a big lesson Mm -hmm. that I still have to learn from time to time. Um, what else? Um, you know, I think that um, I think one thing that's been interesting, like I'm I'm a pretty small artist. Not not a ton of people know my music, mm-hmm. um, but even still, there are people who uh, will kind of project an air of celebrity onto you, mm-hmm. um, which I think that whole idea has a ton of brokenness to it, anyways. Yeah. Um, because it's it's just unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. uh, for a, a messed up person. We're all we're all broken. So, um, so that is something that has surprised me too, is, is sometimes I will get, um, like comments on uh, like DMS on Instagram, uh, where people like want help with a problem or something. And, uh, and it really tugs on my empathy because it's like the, like I'm a pastor's kid. And so like Mm -hmm. the pastor's kid in me, that grew up in church is like, of course I want to like help you and like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, talk with you, but it's like, 
I can't, I can't be that to, mm. to everyone. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the most helpful thing for this person is someone in their own circle. Like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like if someone reaches out to me from Maine, I'm in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I can't be community to somebody in Maine. They need like, they need a support group out there. Yeah. And so that has been like, I guess kind of the boundaries in that sense of going like, even if I wanted to help you, I would not be the best thing for you in this scenario. Mm. But people will uh, latch onto the music and say like, this meant a lot to me and so I wanna talk to you about this issue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that I'm against talking with people, but yeah. it, it has taken me, <laughs> it took me a while to realize like, I can't be responsible for, I, I can't help everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'm not saying that in like, a, oh, look at me, like I just wanna be so helpful, but it's a, it's a weird, no, it's but, a weird thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not wrong, and I think I see that. You know, like the mm-hmm. desire to, like, someone is hurting, mm-hmm. let me help them. Yep. Like that is that is a good desire, and sure. and I think it's a really mature call, even though it's a really hard one to say what you said mm-hmm. and to be in the spot of saying like, you know, I can't I can't be that for you. Someone should be. Yes. One hundred percent. It just it, it can't be me. Yep, totally. Um, and it's not like you're not doing that for the people in your life that you right. care about. Totally. For your totally. wife, for your friends. Yep. Like that's a very real thing. Yep. And also, like you said, like you're just a human. Right. Um, totally. So even totally. even if you could, in a time capacity sense, like reach out to all of those people, mm-hmm. like you only have so much to pour out. Right. Totally. Absolutely. And also, it's like I'm not like a pastor or a licensed therapist or right. anything. It's like. <laughs> my advice is not worth a whole lot on, on a lot of, with a lot of issues. So, yeah. um, anyways, yeah, man. Um, it's a, it's a weird job, but like, I think every, everyone has a weird job. Everyone has weird parts of their job. And right. so I think that it's really easy to get, uh, enamored with like the artist thing. And so I, I've done just enough of it to go like, well, I'm still, I still just am a regular person mm-hmm. and uh, most people don't hold me in a celebrity regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just think, uh, I think it's cool when, when people can recognize like, yeah, we all just have jobs mm-hmm. and mine happens to be music and yours happens to be dentistry. Mm-hmm. And there are weird things about that job too. Right. Like this is a tangent, but one time <laughs> uh, I was at the dentist <laughs> and I asked my hygienist, I, I was just like, I just had a bunch of questions randomly. I was like, yeah. has anyone ever bit you before? <laughs> she was like, oh yeah, absolutely. That's a weird thing Den- dentists right. have to deal with that I never <laughs> have to deal with. <laughs> Not yet. Yeah, hopefully. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and I forget what else I asked her, but it's, I don't know. It's just everyone has weird, weird right. pieces of their job. So yeah. anyways. So in the course of time that you've been uh, touring and, mm-hmm. and kind of taking this all the way, what are some crazy stories? Kurt's been describing on the podcast them as pinch me moments, mm-hmm. which I like that. But this kind of like, how do we get here? Yeah. What are we, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, I think uh, I got to play a few shows with the road show before that tour got canceled um, because of the pandemic. And that felt pretty surreal because, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're walking into arenas and Bethel was headlining. And so, yeah. and my set was right before them. And so it was pretty crazy to like interact with people where it's like, I've known your music for a long time and mm-hmm. now I'm just here next to you. And, uh, and so I think anytime I get to like meet someone where it's like, I totally like have listened to a lot of your music mm-hmm. that always feels surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, like, 
like I've gotten to work with Marty from Social Club and oh, yeah. with Tadashi mm-hmm. and like I can remember listening to Tadashi's Dum Dum song. <laughs> right. I still love that song. Right. Um, it's a classic. But I remember like listening to that in high school and being like, dude, this is awesome. So there have been lots of pinch me moments like that where it's mm-hmm. like, I can't believe that this dude just sent me a verse to add to my song. Like right. opening that session file and like hearing his like raw vocal was mm-hmm. crazy. Right. Um, so that was, and you know, talking to him on the phone, I was like, and you're, just like the nicest like human. Um, mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff has been surreal. Um, I think like the first time you like sleep on a bus, for, like a tour bus, that's kind of surreal too. You're, mm-hmm. you're like in your bunk and then like it starts moving and you're like, oh my gosh, this is kind of exciting. <laughs> and then you realize it's like kind of hard to sleep. And, right. Um, anyways, but it's, it's all good stuff. So, um, and I think coming to Nashville for the first time was very much like a, a pinch me moment. Um, uh, I, I remember John Mays picking me up from the airport and there being like all the guitars on the walls and everything mm-hmm. and um, and then going and meeting everybody and, you know, they're treating me like I'm this big deal, which is super sweet. And mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, some kid from Seattle. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, there have been a lot of a lot of those moments that have been super cool. Um, it's always fun when it's like an unexpected moment too. Like you play a show and you show up and they're like super organized and the venue is awesome and there's a ton of people there mm-hmm. and you didn't know what to expect because you, you know, you've never been to a church in Arkansas before. Right. Um, and then you walk in and it's like a party. Those mm-hmm. are really fun moments too, where it catches you off guard and mm-hmm. um, it's like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. So, the. Uh... I've seen you like at least it seems like a lot of like the the videos and, and work that you've done it, it seems like it's been like with like a buddy of yours mm-hmm. like that kind of thing so do you have like a lot of still creative control over that side of things yeah you kind of run it um so my friend Jake Campbell he's mm. he's been one of my best friends for a long time we went to college together and and lived in that house together with Fletcher and so it was the, actually the roommates yes right. uh yeah the roommates yes right. Um, and it was actually Jake's idea to write that song for Fletcher. Oh yeah. And so he's the one behind the camera, mm-hmm. um, in that video and he's done almost every single one of my videos since then. Um, mm-hmm. we've done a couple in Nashville, but, um, pretty much every, every piece of video content I do, Jake has a hand in. And that has been fun because since that song was his idea, mm-hmm. we've kind of created a brand together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always joke that like, this is often how my conversations with Jake will go. I'll be like, what about like this really elaborate idea and we'll have this shot and this shot and this shot. And then he'll be like, what about this? And it's like super simple, Mm -hmm. but so much better than Mm -hmm. what I just suggested like (laughs) every time. And I'm like, oh yeah, we should, we should do that. And so there, we, we go back and forth and we're pretty collaborative. Um, Like rarely do we come up with a video and it's just one of our ideas. Mm -hmm. Usually we, we do all of the brainstorming and everything together. So that's been really fun because mm-hmm. um, Jake is in Seattle too. So, okay. um, yeah, so pretty much now it's like, hey, new songs coming out. Um, so we work with the label and then Jake and I go off and set up the shots and it's really fun. That's He's the best. Dope. Yeah. That's fun. That's yeah. like, that's like you and me, Ben. Aw. Ah. The best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the best. So, um, so thinking forward, I mean, I know you're working on going mm-hmm. up part two and all, yes. all sorts of fun things, <laughs> but kind of just like, what is your dream? Mm. You know, like 
you've started on this trajectory who knows how long like maybe it'll maybe it'll just be your thing forever yeah. maybe it won't who knows but like if you could have a dream you're like this is where i'd love to go yes where is that well, I, I definitely want to be, uh, you know, jumping around on stage in my 70s. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, I think really like songwriting has become such a safe haven for me. Um, and it really, it became that in high school. Like I I had a season of life, uh, like my last two years of high school where I had, I had friends flaking out on me and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, songwriting became not just like a place to process it, but like something to pour my energy into and my Mm -hmm. time and um and so it songwriting is something that I'm going to do until the day I die because I just love it Mm -hmm. and I sometimes if I haven't written for a while I notice like a a serious difference in myself Hmm. before and after I've gotten to like go in and create something yeah um and I don't I don't mean that in like a uh snobby creator way but it just gives me a lot of life Mm -hmm. and so um my my dream is just like i just want to be able to make songs for my job for uh as long as possible Mm -hmm. um and so that necessarily will shift from season to season right now it's the artist thing um maybe in you know my 30s or 40s it it turns into writing for um sync more you know like television and Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff yeah all of it is exciting to me Mm -hmm. and um i don't think there will ever be a point where i'm not writing stuff for myself and you know releasing it like just because i want to so so right now it's really exciting to have uh, a team behind me Mm -hmm. and i think that would be the dream is always to have a a team behind me that is excited about it helping Mm -hmm. me make the best stuff that i can make yeah um but yeah man i just i want to just keep making stuff that's authentic and um, that talks about Jesus and about life and um, and that people can party to, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I mean, you described yourself earlier as, I think you said, like, as the experiment in, in all of this. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, there's, there's probably a, a truth in that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with this. But, like, um, I just want you to know, like, if you keep listening to where the Lord's leading you Mm. and you keep just trying to say, all right, well, I'm just going to step in and I'm just going to give it my all and and see what happens. And also it really doesn't seem like your identity is wrapped up Mm -hmm. in how do I maintain this image of things? Mm -hmm. Like if it was to crash and burn tomorrow, it'd be a real bummer, but yeah, it it really doesn't seem like that's, that's your identity. Yeah. And I think if you keep holding that posture and keep moving forward, you're going to be just fine. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I really appreciate that. I, I think that like, um, at the end of the day, something that really sticks with me is the fact that it's like music is special because of like the people it brings together. Mm-hmm. Like it would just be noise if it didn't, if it wasn't like meaningful to people who are listening to it and, and meaningful to you and me as we are writing music. Yeah. And so, uh, I think like at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's the connection to people that is exciting. And mm-hmm. so, and that's bigger than music too. So mm-hmm. the way music does that is beautiful. Um, but that's like, that's kingdom of God stuff. And mm-hmm. that's way bigger than whether or not a song sells a million copies and a million people hear it. Like right. it is valuable if you write a song and one other person is like, yes, mm-hmm. that's me. And God is speaking to me through that. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, man. So, so I really appreciate that. Um, and 
that's definitely my philosophy is like, I don't know. It's for the people for mm -hmm. sure. And, and for me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you planning on doing any, uh, massive genre bending in future work? Um, I mean, you know, it's such an interesting time with music. I, I feel like you don't have to be super stuck in a genre anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, which is just so beautiful. It's really beautiful. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the best. Um, I think like I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for pop music. And so mm -hmm. there will always be an element of like pop to whatever I do, just, mm -hmm. um, you know, trying to, trying to write the catchiest hook that I can. Um, but sometimes that might be a hip hop thing. Sometimes it might be, have some, you know, new disco influence. Maybe sometimes it's, uh, it goes back to folk a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love just getting to experiment. And I think that there are a lot of artists who are winning right now mm -hmm. who are also like, yeah, I don't, what's a genre, right. uh, you know, I'll make whatever sounds fun to me. So right. yeah. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, it, it's creating your style mm -hmm. to kind of contribute to the world of music yes. instead of trying to be like, this is our template. Yep. This is what we're working with. How can we do that? There's just something that feels like it preserves the honor of music by being mm -hmm. like, how can I take what I am and combine that with rhythm and mm -hmm. put it into the world of music? Yep. That's, that's really cool. Yep. Thanks man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions. Do you have any questions for me? I haven't asked anyone that, but what are, what are your there. top three favorite movies? Oh, dang it. I was hoping you didn't ask because literally <laughs> as I asked it and you're like, man, I don't know if I have, I was like, do I, do I have, oh man. I had to do it, man. It's your, it's your time. Dang it. Oh, well, I mean, I will echo. I love, um, anything Marvel. I'm a fan yeah. of those. Mm -hmm. I'm not so far into it to where like I will have heated debates. Yeah. But like if, if I'm in a room of someone who's having a heated debate, I know what they're talking about. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. that's like my spot, my spot with that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so definitely any of the Marvel movies are good in general. I just, I prefer, I really enjoy comedy movies just cause I like yeah. the lighthearted nature of mm -hmm. them. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like a favorite comedy movie though that I have, I don't know. Oh man. You can, you can say Nacho Favorite Libre, show. it's okay. No. <laughs> what, what was that? Favorite show. Favorite show, for the record. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm very much into New Girl. Oh, I love New Girl. I've yep. literally seen it so much. Actually, it's funny because I've watched it's kind of it. always on at it's the always, studio. <laughs> I have seen it so much now that I notice all of the inconsistencies from a, like a film side. Mm -hmm. Like they're saying this, this dialogue and they're like the shots from behind their head. But you can say, see, there's no way they're actually saying. Yeah, that right 100%. Now. To the point where it's starting to annoy me now. And I'm really bothered and, um, and I'm worried about that because I like that show a lot. It's so good. It's so well written. Yeah. I love yeah. that show. So probably New Girl. Yeah. Oh, I'll count that. All right. Yeah. So that's two. Dang it. <laughs> I'm holding you to it, man. <laughs> it's got to be three. Oh, shoot. I mean, I grew up loving the Andy Griffith show. I know okay. it's also a show. Yep. I'll I'm, take it. I haven't seen it I'll for a long it. time, but man, that was like, that was, yeah, that was an integral part of my childhood. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely uh, can relate to the Marvel thing. Yeah. I, uh, after Endgame, I was like so sad that they were taking a break for a little while mm -hmm. that I, I got their comic book app and started reading oh, yeah. comics. So that's been like my, my nerdy pastime nice. um, for the last couple of years. And so I love I've it. fallen asleep in all the Lord of the Rings, Endgame, 
All the movies you guys like is not mine. Why do you have to say that, dude? You just, oh, I can leave now. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be best. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, well, thank you so much for, for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks it was, for having me. This was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, for you me know? too. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah, well, and we will see you later. Bye. If I put all the reads in on that one, it you could get a good... Uh, you know, for more of a Cajun thing. Yep, yep. Or Zydeco. Thank <laughs> you.